as as we begin this one, let me just stick my hand in the air and, and take full responsibility. I broke one of my cardinal rules, which is never leave it in the green room. Before we turned on, we were having a <laughs> podcast conversation <laughs> to which at least you had the common sense, Dave, to say, you know what, let's let's just roll some tape here because this this is probably what we should be talking on a podcast. But. Evan, yeah. And what I'm anxious about is that what we just talked about is going to be the absolute gold that we're now going to forget about. Um, what did I it's say? It's going to be lost, lost in the yeah. Well, the no, but let's set the let's set the table a little bit because okay. we're it's a direct conversation that has come out of something that is somewhat of an academic adventure, sure. but also with real world cause and effect and and impetus actually uh, so bring us up to speed what uh, what we're I guess this references back to a conversation that many of us in the sport industry had about six weeks ago yeah yeah okay um, so about six weeks ago uh, dr. David Finch who's a colleague of mine in the Bissett School of Business and I he and I have done uh, a number of projects together and I would say in the last couple of years in particular, I've started working more closely together. He teaches sport marketing, and, and I'm the chair of the Department of Health and Physical Education. So we have overlap in our interest in sport and sport business in particular. Um, last fall, we hosted a symposium here at Mount Royal uh, on the, the bidding for the uh, yep. 2026 Olympic and Paralympic Games. Um, we then, in a course that I was teaching, we worked together to have my students consider a project, and this was following the, the, the plebiscite, the, the failed plebiscite for the 2026 Games, as to whether or not Calgary was still a great sport and or a recreation city. And so the students in the class that I was teaching uh, presented that their, their findings uh, at the Canadian Sport Institute with Dale Henwood out in we uh, should Winston. point out you and I did a podcast with your class on that very topic. Exactly. Yeah. So two weeks. Yeah, two weeks prior to their presentation. That's right. Right. You and I did that podcast where they stole all our ideas, all of our ideas, and, yeah. and presented them as their own, which they learned from me. If, I, <laughs> if I'm being honest, I would no. I think you. I think you're honest. All right. I think you're accurate too. And then, so following that, uh, following the presentation that my students then David and I then started thinking about the value and the benefit of bringing together a collection of people who we thought were some of the thought leaders in mm -hmm. the sport and recreation industry. Um, and so we, we hosted an event here. We called it the Sport Business Roundtable. Um, I think the, the name in and of itself we're still bantering about as to whether or not that's the appropriate term or title, which is perhaps a whole other conversation that we can have later is, you know, the the terms that we use to represent our industry and the challenges that we've created for ourselves and not having you know, one size fits all term. Yep. But again, uh, perhaps that's a whole whole other podcast. Anyways, so David and I host the Sport Business Roundtable here at Mount Royal. We had, I'd say, about fifty people, yourself, mm -hmm. yourself included. Um, people were not representing organizations per se, but one thing that we did try to do was invite um, people who perhaps were outside of the traditional sport umbrella. Um, so we had representation from people who work in eSport, as an example. Yep. Uh, skateboarding. Yep. Um, more the commercial recreation side of things. Mm -hmm. So a beach, you know, beach volleyball facility here in town. Um, and what we tried to do was to talk about how our ecosystem, our industry, uh, can work together better in order to, uh, I think, help other people, but perhaps even helping ourselves understand the benefits of our 
industry and the benefits of our system and perhaps to better prepare ourselves for in the future when we have these conversations. And, you know, case in point, uh, just this past weekend, the, the funding decision as it relates to the field house. Yep. And so as we have these discussions about facilities, these discussions about investments in the sport and recreation ecosystem industry, how can we work together better uh, to ensure that we're making the best bang for the buck yep. um, and ensuring that the most people are benefiting from it. And then the the conversation that you and I were then just having is the, the term that, that Dr. Finch is really trying to promote. I don't know, promote. I think he's kind of throwing it out there and seeing if it sticks, is this idea of the active economy. Um, and I think those in the arts community, and I, I use that the arts term in as broad a sense they've you know they talk about the creative class and the creative economy and I think they've done a good job of articulating and identifying the value of the art industry through the creative class and right. the, the Richard Floridas of the world talking about the benefits to communities and cities and um, and just areas of attracting that type of person and doing so through the arts and I, I think what Dr. Finch is trying to suggest and promote is the idea of an active economy could do similar wonders for uh, the sport and the recreation, the active living, the wellness industry, and that we need to really think beyond uh, perhaps the more traditional boundaries that we've placed on what is sport, what is recreation. Yeah, that's the, and that's maybe the most difficult thing to wrap your head around because we are conditioned to reports, you know, economic impact and, and, you know, numbers, statistics about who's involved. But to your point about art, I mean, that was one of the things that really struck me at that round table was almost the admiration for what the arts community had done in this city to kind of turn in their favor that conversation of public assistance Mm -hmm. and public help Mm -hmm. and and public investment in the arts. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it, it almost felt like there was a little bit of air that came out of sports tires in this because (laughs) we're kind of looking around going, but what about us? Like, Mm -hmm. look at all the things we do. But it is that, um, you know, that that point of, and I think where we were talking off the air is is kind of, you got to get beyond the direct impact. And and you've got to be able to show Calgarians, Albertans, Canadians, North America, whoever, of where active lifestyles or sport, crosses their path and maybe that's the problem right there maybe the word sport because sport has such a connotation that does that you know preclude people from feeling like they're involved to your point about some of the groups that you did invite Mm -hmm. you know um you know does does the average you know 40 year old person walking down the street feel directly connected to sport maybe they are and they don't know it that Mm -hmm. that to me is the case that we're trying to make here no no i would agree and so i think the idea that we're trying to promote and well, I don't want to say push because that's not really what we're trying to do. We're not trying to push it. We're looking for input and feedback and uh, and we're trying to understand. We're trying to listen. The active economy, it, does it include sport? And I would argue that it does. Um, I mean, if you you look just at amateur sport from a hockey perspective yep. in the city, that, that would capture a, a significant right. um, both investment of people's time of their interest, yeah. of of the dollars, of their disposable income. But I think then this is where it gets tricky because then outside of Hockey Calgary then, what about how do you measure hockey? Um, and, and where does it begin and where does it end? And that's where it gets tricky 
is trying to, and that and that's just hockey. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so within the hundreds of activity choices that we can make, where does one, where does it fit within the, uh, the the plethora of options that are available to us, and and which ones do fit, and and even, you know, even when you think about the sports that are being the quote-unquote sports that are being introduced into the mm-hmm. Olympic movement. Yeah. Um, are they the traditional quote-unquote sports as we would have defined them even 10 years ago? And so it's, I think it's a, it's a rapidly changing and a rapidly evolving discussion, and we're just trying to keep our finger on it and try to kind of understand where this uh, understanding could help us then promote that it does, it does have importance and it does have value. Well, it's it's the word active, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's really, in in many ways, uh, you know, the creative economy, the active economy, really, it's supplementing or sub, you know, subverting sport, right? It's it's about all that becomes active. As you're talking, I'm thinking, what about dance? Does dance involve in that? Because we were talking about the arts, and many would mm-hmm. put it, put dance into the arts. Yeah, and this, and I think this is where it'll get interesting: is the overlap between those two in particular. Right. right. So is chess. Is chess a sport, or is it a creative, or is it an intellectual uh, activity? See, I, okay, that one is more traditional for me. That is the old sport versus game hmm. that um, for the longest time, you know, my background, uh, with my dad owning a couple of billiard halls, I was an early adopter to snooker when it was somewhat, you know, in the 80s, a little bit popular. You could find <laughs> it on CBC on a Friday night at midnight. <laughs> Um, but you know, my dad being in, in that, we, we were very, you know, very protective of it. It's a, you know, is it a sport or is it a game? It's, you know, golf is golf. I remember that conversation mm-hmm. at one point. I don't think anybody has that conversation anymore. I think we look at it yep. as a sport, but for the longest time, things like chess and, and billiards and darts and golf and things like that were always lumped into that category yep. of golf, but there but, is an active component to it, right? Yeah, and, and I would argue that part of what we're trying to do is, is understand this active economy. So it would include bowling, I, I suspect. Sure it would. Um, but is, you know, and, is, and I guess there's the sport element to it too. I, so th- I think what we're trying to do, though, is to get away from the protectionist, almost paternalistic views that some sports have and some activities have towards those that – we are, I think, arguing should be part of that umbrella. And oh, I think, good luck with that. Well, no, right? no, I, I never said it was going to be easy. <laughs> um, but I think we've done a disservice to ourselves in perhaps being uh, myopic as oh. to you know who's in and who's out, and and perhaps arrogant um, as to who's in and who's I, out. I think that's really well put. Um, I don't profess to know a lot about the pivot, if you will, that the arts community made, but I don't think they could have done it without some sort of sense of we're in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we we have to support one or another. And where we are, it, what is interesting about the question being posed at the time that it is being posed is we very much have a transactional economy within sport. Yeah. Probably never before have we seen in our country and in our province sporting events sports as it move more towards you know small business approaches as opposed yeah. to the communal benefit the volunteerism yeah. you know we're all going to get together that itself does not lend itself necessarily simply to everybody rowing in the same direction no agreed and i think that's a sign of the times economically and politically as well um and so that's just a reflection sure. of that is the what is the return on investment 
Um, we have to hold people accountable. Yep. Um, people need to be able to identify, uh, you know, the outcomes that they're being held responsible for if right. they're receiving dollars from anybody. So I think there is that sense of what is the return of investment again. Yeah. But what I, I think we're saying is, is that sometimes those things are hard to quantify. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, and we, you know, I've had this conversation before, and I can't remember the specific line, but, you know, everything that uh, – I forget the line, but it's something along the, uh, the sense of just because you can measure it doesn't mean it should be measured. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, I think to yesterday's – you know, again, I'm, we're putting a time uh, stamp on this, sure. uh, on this podcast, but – so watching the Raptors uh, yeah. basketball game. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, my – so two of my, th- of my three sons were able to watch the game and my wife. And I would say that of the four of us, really only two of us are basketball fans, mm-hmm. really, really big basketball fans or Raptors fans. But the four of us were riveted. And when, when Leonard sunk that shot yeah. – the four of us screamed, and of and it was pure unadulterated joy mm-hmm. um, within our family. And it was that was a a communal that was a fam, that was a family experience that I loved. Um, and it, it's hard to put a price tag on that. And it's difficult to find other experiences and opportunities outside of the sport and recreation ecosystem. To me, anyways, hmm. that can that can do that and. You know, to me, the is, is is what we're trying to do is find the joy in our life, our, our day-to-day life experiences. And through sport and recreation and leisure and things like that, we can do that. Um, you know, for Mother's Day, my wife, what she wanted to do was to go for a bike ride. Right. Um, so that's what we did. And then the second thing that she did is she, she, with my youngest son, they went for a hike up the big hill in Cochrane um, with our dog. And like so that 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 to me is part of the active Economy, both of those, all of three of those things. Active uh, economy or active ecosystem. Well, may, yeah. So maybe you're, maybe that's right. So maybe it's not the economy per se because there's not an economic benefit, but right. it's that benefit to us as a family. Um, and maybe maybe actually by saying active economy, we do a disservice to the benefits that sport, and recreation, and leisure can provide to us that are perhaps not quantifiable by the dollar figure. Well, that's where we're back. We're back yeah. because if you. To me, if we talk about, let's just a Raptors game, for instance, and, and try to include that in the active economy, let's just say we're talking about Calgary. To me, the only definers there, the only links there, would be anybody that would go to a sports bar, mm-hmm. watch it communal, you know, in a right. communal situation. That would have had some money directly into. Now, you, your point is brilliant about maybe two basketball fans but four people cheering. That's more about the active ecosystem. Now we brought in people in. They mm-hmm. didn't know it, but now mm-hmm. they are part of that ecosystem, which goes back to, again, if we are trying to connect more people, um, maybe the limiting, limiting factor is the, the business component, the dollar component, the, the financial component, the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the economy. But at, to me, active ecosystem now is on a completely mm-hmm. different plane. You and your wife going for a bike ride. Mm-hmm. What about the people that go down to Fish Creek Park? What about right. the people that go to Sue Higgins Dog Park? Are they not part of an active ecosystem? Yeah, and, and well, and you know the comment that you made off the air, because um, we, we were talking about the health care benefits. Yeah, yeah. And there, there's the economic imperative that we make that we try to link between being active and healthy right. and the the, the savings right. from a healthcare industry. Um, and that argument has been made over and over and over again. But we always, don't you feel like we've always stopped short? 
I, I don't know if it stopped short or for I I don't know why we're not able to get traction with it. I don't. And I and and oh, I, I'm going to jump a little bit here, but of course that's what we do. Um, <laughs> I, I struggled with, and I've said this to you before too, when we were bidding for the 2026 games yeah. in the failed plebiscite, that I thought we went down the path of the economic benefits too far, um, mm-hmm. or not too far, but in we isolation. Made, that, that was what the conversation became. That's all the conversation the, it was, was just about, about dollars. Was the economics yeah. of it? Yeah. And we looked. We didn't see the social benefits. We didn't see the social legacies that would result from the games. Right. That still have economic benefits, but yet aren't perhaps as easily quantified um, or as dramatically um, evident as from a from a dollars and cents. But is perspective. that is that a Calgary thing? Is that an Alberta thing? Or mm. is that a society thing? Have we drifted to a point now? And this is. Beyond sport, I really feel. Let's just take, for instance, that uh, that concept of healthy living and what sport can bring to the healthcare system. That's preventative. Mm -hmm. So, how do we invest in preventative measures when we live in in a world that we really are living in the moment? We have to find budget for what we have. You know, to me, if I was going to reorganize the world as we know it, I would be sinking public money into kids' sport and, and making it accessible for all yeah. with the idea that we, knowing that when we get to that critical age of 10 to 18, yeah. that now we're pumping more money and we're finding more yeah. ways to keep them. Um, the, the, just the, the, the statistics on female involvement in sport is, is crippling. It's, it's depressing when you read you know, how difficult it is to keep girls in the sport and, and if they're not in, how few are going to be active for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. But that would take a lot of capital. That would take a lot of investment. And I don't think we're structured in in our society to put that kind of investment in that won't pay dividends for four or five decades, right? Yeah, no, no. So I, I, yeah, so I think, I think the important point that you're making there is the difficulty that we do, that, that we all have in investing something that's beyond next year. Correct. Um, and so whether it's, you know, Climate change, or the, 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 whether it's mm-hmm. whether it's the uh, ecology, economy, whether it's our healthcare system, if it's if it's further than an election cycle, if it's further than two right. or three years down the road, right. we become, you know, so short term focused on the next news cycle, right? Um, that it's hard for us to make that investment. But if you're looking at it from a uh, a logical perspective, yeah, it would seem to me that a, a, a growing, just just the demographics. So the baby boomers just hitting retirement mm-hmm. um, in the last couple of years. That age, that age group is going to eat up all of the healthcare uh, dollars, right? Um, and if it doesn't, then the the younger generation, which by many accounts is less fit, slipping yeah. um, than in the past. That that double whammy is going to completely decimate our healthcare system, p- p- potentially. I, I right. don't want this to be a dystopia, you know, view of the future. But it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Sure. Um, and so if so, if you were smart, quote unquote, then yeah, it would seem to me that the the trick is to ensure that that younger generation that we just talked about is healthier and less reliant on the healthcare system and or at the same time we also invest in active living programs for uh, the 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 current retiring group right um, and so that they can you know perhaps ease the burden on the healthcare system or at least adapt it from what it's currently 
set up as um, to to not be decimated by this this large group of people. Yeah, and I'm you know I'm not blaming uh, the baby boomers because it's it's been typical that you know towards the last five years of your life that's where you eat up all the sure. the majority of your healthcare costs that are associated to you. Um, so, but just the numbers alone are going to create challenges for us to deal with from an economic perspective. So, yeah, if that's if we were smart, that's how we would invest our dollars to address the benefits in ten to fifteen to twenty years. But right. again, I don't think we're set up to to do that. No, but it comes. What is fascinating about the opportunity, though, in you know, let's just deal with active ecosystem. If we begin to make our arguments on that platform rather than maybe where we have been making our arguments mm. would we i mean let, let's be perfectly honest one of the biggest things that piss people off in the city at times are bike lanes right, right. and the creation of bike lanes. right you know uh, why are we doing this you know if and and i would imagine to some degree the argument was made about health but to me it was more about wow forcing people out of cars and you know and and we know how people get around here about the oil and gas industry but if more of our arguments were based on you know the active ecosystem we want to create opportunities for people who choose to be healthy Mm -hmm. to 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 do that rather than oh get your car off the road so we're not chewing up gas and stuff like that right that's just one example where are the other opportunities within because again what is the active ecosystem well we we've already just you and i have defined it as fairly broad and inclusive Who's not involved, really, on some level? Yeah. Then it's a matter of promoting, you know, the understanding of it and the encouragement to increase your your mm-hmm. footprint within that. Mm-hmm. And I do think we do ourselves a disservice by by always presenting things as a uh, a zero sum game. And so, oh, you know, yeah. with the bike, you know, the bike lanes is, is a perfect example. So, it, someone's winning and someone's losing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas, is there, a, is there a mechanism by which we can all benefit from that? Um, I, I think the e-sport argument is an interesting one. I came across a document that the United Nations had put out where it was looking at the, the UN's uh, sustainability uh, development goals. And they were arguing, actually, heck, it might have been you that sent it to it me. It was, yeah. Um, I was fascinated with the perspective that they were taking on how esport was going to be the panacea and the solution to all the world's evils. Yeah, um, yeah. And I had never, I had never seen anything kind of presented in in such a positive light. Um, well, it was after our last podcast, yeah. And we were talking just about the impact that technology was having, and my gosh, you know, we're you know, it's the worst thing ever. The very next day, I run across this document that is 180 degrees from yeah. how. I was feeling about it. And then you begin to look at it and you go, oh, no, there is hope here. Yeah. There is hope. Yeah. And so, again, if you're not looking at it as a, oh, everybody's playing Fortnite and the world is bad and we're all going to suck. Mm-hmm. Okay. People are playing Fortnite, but how can we use that now to the advantage of addressing some of these other perhaps broader initiatives or goals that we think are important? Right. Um, and I thought I thought the UN actually did a really interesting job of saying, well, this is this is where the people are. Um, this is how we need to connect with them. This is how we need to use it to our advantage and to create if the environment is something that we want to address. Well, then somehow in Fortnite, we need to incorporate environmental sustainability as part of the, yep. uh, the storyline. Yeah. Yeah. Story yeah. And that's how we build in that narrative um, within that current generation. And so, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. And I think there's something to that. Oh, um, I agree. And with this active ecosystem this active economy etc i think 
I think it behooves us to open our arms out wide and bring in people who perhaps in the past have felt uh, shunned or, I don't know, not... Connected. Yeah, yeah, and, and not as welcomed yeah. Um, yeah. as, you know, as the big four. You know, if you're not playing baseball, football, hockey, or whatever, you know, like, yeah. if you're not basketball, if you're not, if you're not part of that big group, then really you're a second tier. And I think what we're trying to say is, no, there aren't, there aren't tiers. Um, we're all part of the same ecosystem, and it's a, it's a symbiotic relationship. We need to work together. Otherwise, we're all going to go the way of the dodo. Right. And I, I think I love the way you put it in, in terms of, you know, kind of broadening the horizon or, or opening the fence. Uh, the fence is the wrong way, but opening the doors and allowing everybody in. If everybody's part, I mean, just think about the power of that. Right. You know, yeah. if it's just the sport community that's looking just for the benefit to sport communities yeah. and, and, and active participants, it's such a, a limited group. But with something as broad as, hey, do you ride your bike, you know, at Glenmore? Yeah. You know, do you have you gone hiking? You know, do you watch sports on TV? Do you yeah. whatever? I mean, it, it's just now incrementally bigger and bigger and bigger. And now we all have to care yeah. because we are. We are connected. I have just proven to you you are yeah. connected to our group. I think it's the way you got to go. And then I think how this then starts to play itself out is you, is within policy. So there was a story a couple of weeks ago about Calgary looking at creating these makeshift sidewalks in neighborhoods that perhaps hadn't had them built in before and trying to make places more walkable. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's part of that active ecosystem, Absolutely that active is. economy and getting people. And then, and then you take that to the next step where... You know, again, we've we've addressed this on a number of occasions because of my interest in persons with a disability, but ensuring that those sidewalks are accessible yes. and allowing everybody then to participate in this active ecosystem, this active economy. And so I, I think that's then where the rubber hits the road if we agree and we recognize the importance and the value of active in the same way that we do with the creative class, the creative economy then our actions will then reflect that. So that's part one, right? Because part one is, is you know, finding the, the, the place and finding the, the terminology and find... Then it's publicizing. It's explaining mm-hmm. it. It's, yeah. it's how do we go about getting everybody to buy into this? Because yeah. there's plenty... You are talking about naming things before. There's plenty of acronyms in the world. And, yeah. you know, and there, there's all kinds of ideas. But, you know, how do you then go about... How do you present your vision to people who, again, do not necessarily feel included, do not necessarily yeah. put themselves in this category, you know, and this, in this day and age, we were, this is the other part, what we were talking about off the air is how fractured it is mm-hmm. and how difficult it is to get messaging across to people. No, and I, I yeah, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not prepared to say that this is going to be an easy process. Or one that's going to happen overnight. Nope. I, I do think, though, that the process of getting people to recognize that they are part of the mm-hmm. active ecosystem, they are part of the active economy, and you know, particularly then when you start talking to city councilors or you know members of our legislative assembly, etc., who then have policy decision-making opportunities, they want to reflect the wishes of their constituents, and if the constituents themselves see themselves as part of the active economy, as the active ecosystem. They will demand that those leaders then reflect their wishes and support such things so that when we, you know, are having conversations about should we support a field house, Mm -hmm. should we, then the obvious answer is yes. Um, It's not a question of 
again, that zero-sum, oh, if we do that, then who's going to suffer? Is like, well, we're all part of that active economy. Yep. We're all part of that active ecosystem. We all benefit from this. It's not a if, then, then somebody else is going to lose. You and I were both recently at the Seton YMCA, which I believe is now North America's biggest. Why is that? Correct. That's what. That's yeah. It, I mean, because I there was moving around. It was a moving target because yeah. there was one opened a year ago that was, and now this that's one, right? right? Yeah, I, I think from a from a definitional perspective, from a YMCA run facility, right. I believe that the one in the south now is the largest. So, yeah. how many people walking in there would view themselves as part of the sports community? Well, yeah, and I think so. I, I think I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I would suspect that many would say they're not because they're not competing. They're not in an organized not sport team. team. They don't yeah. have a jersey. Yeah. And I think that comes back to what we've said over and over and over again in that we do ourselves a disservice by um, minimizing that segment of, of the population and not having them feel part of mm-hmm. the active ecosystem yeah. and not feeling that they benefit from... Um, uh, an ethos that promotes and supports sport and recreation and physical activity. So how do we, I mean, the start is the, you know, round table and groups yeah. that'll come out of that. Is this, this is one we have to dig in for, right? Like, oh, I think so. We're not going to get t-shirts made and key fobs and hand them out in September and, and we've well, done Well, that's work, an idea. Right? I think that's, that's not a bad <laughs> <laughs> key fobs. Um, <laughs> Does anybody I, have keys yeah, Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Um, I th- you know, part of what David Finch and, and I and you and, and the people that were, you know, kind of here at, at Mount Royal in March, I think, need to buy into is that this is the beginning um, and that we need to we need to be open. We need to be honest. We need to be willing to push the envelope a little bit. And we need to embrace those from outside of our traditional, typical yeah. confines. And we need to think about how we can work together better in order, you know, it's the rising tide raises all ships. Um, And I think in the past we have been a bit too myopic um, and focused only on our, on our ability to pat ourselves on the back. Yeah. That's a good, it's a pretty good way of putting it. I think we, we assumed, we always just assumed we were, you know, in many ways we were sport here as roar, you know, like, what do you mean arts? Wait a minute. We're sport. It goes back to that whole thing about, healthcare and, and athletics and, and being active and things like that, I always feel, again, not, you know, I'm speaking for myself, that we always stop short. That it was good when it presented itself. It was great. But in terms of investing it, I, I don't know how you feel. I think you feel the same way I do. <laughs> I feel there's a real urgency right now. Like, it's, this isn't just a good idea and a neat thing that we stumbled across. I don't think it's about that. I know what, you know, 2026, I think, hit home for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, I was one of them. I just mm-hmm. assumed we were an Olympic city. We'll yeah. always be an Olympic yeah. city. And I, I feel more as somebody connected to sport and connected to, to the theories in sport that we have to act, that the worst thing that could happen right now is that we could just say it's a cycle and we're going to work yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, you know, I, again, you were saying earlier, we don't want to, you know, nobody wants to be chicken little. But I, Dave, I am more con- concerned today than I ever have that, you know, we're on the cusp of having to recruit people just to be active. Mm-hmm. And that's a terrible place to be. You know, there's urgency. I, I just think that we all have a role to play in right away. You know, although, we, again, 
it's a, it's you, you use the tides, I'll use the cruise ship. You can't <laughs> turn a cruise ship on a dime either, right? It's going to take work. No, I agreed. And I, I think without, you know, really uh, something to kind of galvanize the disparate um, entities that, that mm-hmm. are involved in our ecosystem, that, that we have continued to kind of succeed. I don't want to say just because of serendipity, but, um, you know, perhaps our, the longevity of the sport recreation industry and its success has made us, uh, soft isn't the word I was thinking for, but just, I don't know, maybe complacent. complacent. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so what, maybe this was a good kick, um, you know, as you know, in so far as again, how much I will bang my head against the table, um, for eternity that, that, that failed plebiscite, but yeah. maybe that was the, the kick in the pants that we needed as a, as a collective. But this is good though, because it, it couldn't be just oh, my God, we lost, bang, 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 <laughs> from here to eternity, right? You know, th- this is, okay, it didn't work, now what yeah. do we do? What, you know, I think what we have is a whole bunch of people who are very passionate, who, a whole bunch of people that, you know, really want to see it move forward. But it, where the genesis of this conversation was, how do you get, I hate to use the word Joe Public, but how do you get Joe Public yeah on board how do you get to them and go oh by the way it is you are mm-hmm. part of this that's to me is the 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 thing that i'm the f- most fascinated to learn about to see because i don't think we've defined it this i don't think we have that turnkey no 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 and solution, i think right i think that's part of the next step for this sport business roundtable or again whatever we're yeah. calling it even that right i mean yeah you know is it sport and is it business and uh, it's an active business. It, yeah. What What is the term? And I think that's part of what we're going to hopefully figure out um, as we meander through yeah. this process. Yeah, we've solved nothing again. <laughs> that, that's the problem. <laughs> we've solved nothing. <laughs>